Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Unfortunately, I wish we could have painted a rosier picture for what happened in this livestock complex today. We saw the cattle take a, another drop, another drop we didn't want to see, especially on a Monday. We're going to talk about the reaction to the cattle on feed report that we saw come out uh, on Friday. We'll also look at the fundamentals that are happening and what are some of the market influencers and is there any retail pushback at this point? That and a whole lot more today. As we bring Kyle Bumstead into the conversation, he is with Allendale. And let's start out with this uh, Catalan feed report. What were your thoughts when you initially saw those numbers on Friday? Well, Susan, uh, first of all, thanks for having me back. Uh, I I was surprised but not surprised to see those numbers uh, printed on Friday. I had a feeling looking uh, between the number of uh, feeders that had moved in the month of December, and and uh, what we've seen so far, and, and as far as the spreads go, the feeder cattle spreads, live cattle spreads, things like that, I, I had a feeling it was going to be bearish. And when I look at the spreads, I'm talking out there in those deferred live cattle contracts, June versus August, August versus October, October versus December. I did have a feeling that the placements were going to be a little bit higher. Um, I was, uh, the placement number obviously came in at 106.5, but uh, the breakdown of the placements, um, you know, was kind of a, a mitigating factor for me. Uh, the largest increases were uh, in the lightweight classes. You know, placements less than 600 pounds were 111% from last year. Um, six to seven weights, uh, 108% over last year. And uh, seven to eight weights, 106%. And the uh, eight to nine weights, about 104%. And uh, those heavy cattle, those uh, nine weights, they were down 2%. So, you know, a lot of calves got moved uh, early and kind of been hearing that. And we've been talking about that here. You and I have here for the past six months, as far as it's dry out here in the Western Plains, it's dry here in Nebraska and dry in Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, and uh, all the way down to the Southern Plains. And it doesn't seem like that drought is, uh, is, uh, lifting anytime soon. So it's uh, really interesting. Um, we did place uh, more heifers obviously too. So that should translate through in the future to the cow herd, you know, as far as retracting cow herd. So having said that, I know that there has been a lot of discussion, especially coming out of um, northern Oklahoma into Kansas, with the big concerns mm-hmm. that these folks are having because they're having to pull cattle off of wheat stock because it's just there's nothing there. It's just yep. so dry. That, that, that is correct. And, and uh, it's it's getting dry here in Nebraska, too, in places, too. And I know we're getting a little bit concerned here. I mean, it just just some moisture, if, if any moisture, would be great to, to know that we could still get some moisture here. Um, but, yes, there is a lot of uh, wheat cattle coming off because of that. It is dry, and it, it's still getting kind of reflected here uh, as far as the way the board is set up. But the board is still set up bare spread. What I mean by that is, you know, you've got all this premium built out in the deferred contracts with, for instance, right now, you've got April trading over the February by about $3.70 to $3.75. You've got uh, April trading over the June by about $4.50. But then you get out here in the summer months, you got June versus August here. There's about 30 cents difference there. October's trading under the, uh, excuse me, August is trading under the October by about $5.20. And the October is trading under the December by about $4.17. So that that does speak long-term fundamentally that we're going to have some more calves coming to town here, some cattle get placed here, you know, this winter as far as what's going to affect that deferred live cattle board. Now, it isn't, it isn't extremely bearish because there have been some improvements here. You know, right after the first of the year, 
you look at it, our slaughter pace was just decimated. I, I don't know, maybe decimated isn't the word. It, it was set back significantly uh, because we had a lot of issues with plant workers and showing up and, and sickness and things like that. Some of that might have just been seasonal sickness too. But we have slowly been pushing the slaughter numbers up, which is a good thing. Now, I'd like to see the slaughter numbers pick up the, you know, 640 to 660,000. That would be ideal, get us up there into, you know, more of a normal type normal type slaughter pace so having said that i want to talk uh, get your thoughts on, on where we're at retail wise because folks are watching their pocketbooks especially when the feds talk about possible interest rate changes are you seeing or hearing mm-hmm. any pushback mm-hmm. from the retail side of it yes i have heard some um I uh, do know some people in a procurement for uh, a grocery chain uh, here throughout the Midwest, and yes, there is some some kickback there at the retail meat counter. They're they're getting away from those higher end cuts now. They're still eating beef, and that's a good thing. They're still eating pork, that's a good thing. They're still eating you know the other protein meats, and that's a good thing too. But uh, that is that is definitely a concern as we start to you know get higher priced box beef and things like that. You do see some consumer kickback, and they're telling me as far as the procurement for those grocery chains that yes, they are getting some kickback, but we've got to look at the calendar. Most of the holiday credit card bills were due last week, and people looked at that and said, well, you know, maybe we're going to just, uh, you know, back off the uh, high-end stakes here. You know, even though the weather's been nice and we could grill outside, it's been cold here, a little bit cold here lately, but, you know, people were still grilling and going out and stuff like that. But then you look over here to some of our macro picture, and now the macro picture has just recently melted down here the last uh, few sessions here over the last week and then into the start of this week, but that is definitely a concern. Um, as there is talk of interest rate hikes and possible recession, and you know sometimes with with uh, folks, it's not it's not the money that they're that they're making; it's the money they, that they don't spend. And by what I mean by that is maybe they don't spend it on the higher end cuts of beef; they just save the money instead. Any concerns about hay shortages uh, for these cattle feeders? Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a little there's there's concern for hay shortages. I know uh, you know friends down there in Kansas after they went through the the fires and things like that. There's obviously an issue there uh, where there's been people donating what hay that they could possibly let go of has been donated. So they're shortening up, but they're they're helping neighbors out. But yes, there is a lot of dry area out here, and hay is becoming somewhat of an issue. Uh, in certain areas. Now that's area specific. There's still some, there's still some hay up here that, uh, guys just won't let go of yet. And that this could get to be an interesting situation because they're asking a pretty good premium for it. And we kind of know what happens when that happens. Oh, very much so. Well, stick around, folks. We got more coming up as we continue. It's the Monday version here of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back. We're going to talk about some weights on these cattle. We know for the most part, it's been near perfect weather for raising cattle in the winter. Is there any other market movers we're seeing? And then let's do the flip side of this corn if you didn't see it hit 620 today what does that mean for our livestock producers more is coming up it's the monday version of the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network talk to any of your local fontanelle hybrids dealers and they're going to tell you performance is one of the keys to their success here's chris ross a dealer near plattsmouth nebraska a lot of the guys that i work with i have sold seed to their fathers and their grandfathers so it goes back many years i think when a grower calls me and says that he's getting the best yields that he's ever gotten on a farm uh, it really is a very rewarding experience it makes you feel really good about the product for more just go to font Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing a conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. He's with Allendale. And I just want to let listeners know, if they didn't know, Kyle understands this cattle market because just like um, one of our other fellow commodity brokers we have on the air, Brad Coima, Kyle's around cattle all day long. So having said that, 
Mother Nature's been, for the most part, pretty nice to cattle producers right now. Is there concerns about the weights of these cattle as they're going into the feedlots or, you know, getting ready to be shipped out? Well, I think our concern uh, at this point in time kind of lies on on both directions. You know, the, the cattle going into the feed yard, what months will they be coming out? Obviously, the trades got priced in for the summer months, yes. But uh, the cattle coming out of the feed yards, I mean, it's it's uh, been a pretty good winter, fall winter, to be feeding cattle, and it looks like it's going to be clear for a while, and yes, it's going to be cold. Uh, what they don't like are the temperature swings. If we could alleviate some of that, that would definitely help things out as far as efficiency and cleaning up the bunks, yes. But, uh, you know, as long as the weather stays uh, clear and there's no major snowstorms on the horizon, uh, I mean, we could be set up here to, to, to hold these weights here for a while um, until we get the slaughter pace picked up. Now we get the slaughter pace picked up and, and we can move some cattle through. That might pull our weights back a little bit. But uh, we haven't really seen the weights set back that much after we peaked here towards the end of uh, at the end of last year here on that last report we saw here, I think the first week of January, we were still running around a 929 here on the steer carcass. So we still have a, a decent size, uh, a decent size carcass out there, which is still offering tonnage, uh, tonnage to the consumer. And add to the fact that you guys have got to keep a close eye on what your input costs are. And when corn hit 620 mm-hmm. today, I'm sure that might have made a few cattle guys nervous. Uh, yeah, most of them, but you know, most of them are risk managers, so they've got some coverage uh, here to the upside. But this corn market and wheat market, to a uh, to a lesser extent, you know, um, I've always mentioned spreads, and, and a spread will you know gravitate or tell you which direction the market is more than likely going to go. And when you look at this corn market, March corn's trading over May corn by three and a half cents. May corn trading over the July corn by six and a half to six and three quarter cents. That's an inverted market, completely the opposite of what we have going in the cattle complex. And the cattle market and the corn market are doing the opposite thing. The corn keeps going up and the cattle keeps slowly grinding lower, or that has been the case here the last couple of weeks here in this cattle complex. So when you look at an inversion like the corn market is showing us, shows us that there's short term even a little bit more long-term demand in this complex. And if we look out there to these 22 versus March 23, I believe that spread closed between uh, seven and a half and seven and three quarter cents here today. There's not a lot of carry in the market, which the market's telling you we want your corn now. And in the case of cattle, it's kind of the exact opposite. Well, you know, we can just push them back here just a little bit because there's more premium out there in the deferreds. And if we sell the deferreds, you know, we'll just pick up a little bit of premium with it. Well, corn is the exact opposite where they're offering you the premium up front because they want your bushels now and so yes it is somewhat of a you know it's a pick and choose your entry points here on this corn market you know and and corn is following the round number reliance and now that we've closed north of 620 uh we could see some more speculative buying come in here corn likes to follow the round number reliance and it would not be out of the question to see 630 at some point in time in the near future now that we broke above the 620 psychological uh, round number barrier so what is it going to need what are some of the market movers when we look at livestock as a whole you know hogs and and cattle or what are some things that we're going to need to watch as we continue into this first quarter well, as we continue into this first quarter here, um, you know, as we as we get into next week, we do have a semi-annual uh, cattle report, which is you know going to give us a breakdown here of what we got for a breeding herd, and that report comes out twice a year. There's one in January and one in July, and so that's kind of a breakdown of what we have for breeding herd, and those are just estimates, and they're given out by the government. So I think we need to keep watching our slaughter pace here, both cattle and hogs. 
And then we also need to kind of keep an eye on here what's going on with our outside markets as far as equities, indexes, and things like that, because it's all about the consumer dollar at the end of the day and how much product they're going to be buying. Now, I do realize that uh, we, we do need to get a little bit more support here from the packing industry. They could afford they could afford to pay up just a little bit more, or they could afford to pay up a lot more, actually. But whether they do or not, that remains to be seen because we seem to just keep kind of getting token bids here. We've still got plenty of cattle short term here to work through. So sometimes it's on the feed yard. They've got to move cattle because if those cattle are, are struggling or struggling on paper to make money, then sometimes the best thing that the, that the yard can do is get rid of them and get something else in there that might work. And that's what we need to kind of get worked through this. We need to get worked through this hurdle here. And then we should be looking at something different here six to eight months down the road. What about, as we wrap this up, what about the influence of Russia and Ukraine on this market, both grain and livestock? I know a lot of the trade has got built in here. It's going to be extremely bullish because of what happened with uh, Russia invading the Crimea back in 2014. Wheat did go straight up there for quite a while. We did have a good rally to it. I'm a little bit more concerned about China and Taiwan, if that would be more of a grain embargo situation like the Carter administration had. So, All right. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call me at the office at 308 708-7340. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity features and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.